your truth with life strategist Laura T. Real advice for regular people. Now, here's Laura. Hello and welcome to Own Your Truth, where we're talking real advice for regular people. I am Laura T. Thank you for listening. I know there's lots of ways you can spend your time, and I'm grateful you're going to spend the next hour with me. I'm so happy to be back this week. As you have likely heard, I have unintentionally been off uh, due to various uh, sporting events, so really excited to be back tonight. Um, It's especially nice to be spending this time with you again this week. So tonight we are going to talk about purposeful parenting, what it means and how you can dramatically shift your relationship with your kids by focusing on what you want instead of what they do. So, you know, whenever I'm talking about kids, I always say, keep in mind, although there are these overarching concepts that we'll talk about related specifically to children, we're really talking about all of our relationships. And so, you know, we teach people how to treat us. And that means if we aren't setting standards, then you're living by someone else's standard. And that's going to be a big part of tonight's conversation. So you'll want to stay tuned, listen to the whole thing. It doesn't matter if you have kids or not. These are uh, about relationships and really how do you improve the communication. So the most important thing to remember as you listen and as you work with your kids on a daily basis, no, there is no one size fits all answer to parenting. And so even though tonight I'm going to talk and give you some tips and tools, I don't have your answer. The goal for me is to get you to think differently about how you parent so you can create your own ideal experience. Remember, this is about you creating your own ideal parenting experience. So I uh, kiddingly say to family and friends, and I'll even mention to, to clients, you know, the truth is, despite all my good advice, tons of research on kids and behavior, even given my deep understanding of people, I'm still going to mess up and probably misdirect my children. So I'm confident that once they're old enough to uh, sit in that therapy office, I'm going to be the person that they blame for getting it all wrong. And I'm totally comfortable with that. I tell them and I'll tell you, this is really the best message that you can give your kids. Like I said, I tell them and I'll tell you, I'm doing the best I can given who I am with the information I have right now. And I love you. That last statement becomes the most important of all statements. I love you. It's easy to say I love you when things are good, but the key is to remind your kids you love them even when they or when you mess up. When you have that fight with each other, when you look each other in the face and he or she says I hate you, remind them then that it's okay. I love you. As parents, we assume our kids know we love them unconditionally, but unless you tell them during the tough times, the message doesn't penetrate because it's linked to good behavior or non-turbulent times. The other thing you'll find by using that, the, that sentence, I love you, it's a really powerful pattern interrupt for most challenging situations. Okay, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to stop there. Um, I can't help it. I'm so passionate about this topic. You know, it's a little bit corny, but 
I always say, like, I care, obviously, about my kids, but I care about your kids, too. They're our future, and this is the only time we have as parents to impact their future, and I don't take that job or opportunity lightly. So I'm so excited to share some information, some tips, and tools with you tonight. So, what's in store? I'm going to begin by sharing my secret formula to parenting. It's super simple, but not something we think about as parents. And for the second portion of my informational part of tonight, I actually, I let my kids determine the other two topics. I figured, after all, they're at the other end of my parenting. So I asked them before the show, what part of my parenting do you appreciate? My daughter, Taylor, said she appreciates my approach to grades. And my son, Mitchell, said he appreciates my consequences interesting. So I'll dive into both of those topics tonight. And, you know, I do have to mention that I didn't realize the gift of that question. What part of my parenting do you appreciate it? Appreciate until I asked it for the show. Like, how often do you sit with your kids and talk about your parenting style? Well, you know, because of my work and what I do, we do talk about parenting a little bit more probably than most. But because I'm the disciplinarian, it can be hard to feel like the bad guy all the time. And so even though I know that creating an atmosphere for them to grow and learn is more important than having them like me in the moment, it was really nice to hear what they appreciated. And so I have to say, I was somewhat surprised by their responses, Um, but it's a great question. So, you know, go ahead, ask your kids. What do you appreciate about my parenting style? You may be happily surprised by their answer as well. So parenting is a topic I could discuss for days, but most important, I want to get to your questions. Each week, you know the best part of the show is talking to you. So tonight, call in with your challenges and your questions about parenting. Every Sunday night, you have access to a free coach. This is your time to get your questions answered. I've already received quite a few questions on the Own Your Truth with Laura T. Facebook page, but I love when I hear from you live. So remember, I answer questions during the second half of the show around 8.30 p.m. The phone number is 203-333-WICC. And if you're anything like me, you need that spelled out, 203-333-9422. Okay, a few weeks ago, we talked about luck and the law of attraction. If you missed the recording, it is and has been available on the Own Your Truth with Laura T. Facebook page. So uh, click on the link and you'll find previous week's shows there as well. Please know that we do our best to get the recordings of the shows up right after uh, the weekend show at the beginning of the week, Monday or Tuesday. Um, But be patient. I promise it will get posted as soon as I receive it. So keep checking back to the Facebook page. Remember to follow the Own Your Truth with Faith with Laura T Facebook page to get notices about upcoming show topics and special behind the scenes, including my weekly notes about what it's like to prepare for the radio show. Um, this week, there were no notes because it was sort of a mad rush uh, to get here, but I'll post a little something after the show. Uh, so check that out. It's a really great, fun, challenging uh 
challenging approach to try to fill this hour. So, you know, get into my mind, take a look at the Facebook page and um, see what it takes. All right. Before we get into tonight's topic, let's start well. And what does that mean? It means you get more of what you focus on. So today and every Sunday, we start well with good news from around the neighborhood, across the state and beyond. In this week's Own Your Truth Good News, we're keeping it local. Our first story comes from the Beardsley Zoo in Bridgeport, where two Amur leopard cubs were born in January. Amur leopards are the most, the world's most endangered feline species. Uh, there's approximately 80 Amur leopards in the wild and about 200 in zoos around the world. So when the cubs were born in January, it was cause for celebration. Now that the cubs are older, the zoo is sharing the joy by setting up a webcam inside the baby's pen to show them off until they're old enough to go on public display. The webcam went live this week at beardsleyzoo.org. There will also be a donation link on the webcam page. I'll post the link on the Own Your Truth uh, with Laura T. Facebook page so that you can check it out. Be sure to take a look at them online and make time to visit the Beardsley Zoo. It's such a special um, place in our area and um, they need your support both as visitors and in contributions. So check them out online and live at the zoo. The second Own Your uh, Truth good news story comes from nearby Hartford. If you're looking for some laughs, there are a couple more days left to enjoy the 6th Annual Hartford Improv Comedy Festival. This event features more than 60 improv troops from Connecticut, New York, Vermont, and Pennsylvania. Some troops come from as far away as Florida. Shows run in theaters throughout the city. Um, they started April 4th. They run through April 9th. So check out the hartfordimprov.com backslash festival for a full schedule and tickets. Of course, I will post the link on the Own Your Truth uh, Facebook page. Uh, get ready for belly rolling laughs. Go Take some time off. Go get a laugh um, and support comedy in our area. Our final piece of news I want to mention, this was last week's news, but it was worth bringing up a huge congratulations to the Fairfield Ward High School Band, Choir and Orchestra, who returned home after performing at Walt Disney World last week. 226 students from the high school traveled from Fairfield to Orlando for four days where they had the privilege of performing in front of more than 100 people at Disney Springs Resort and learning directly from Disney cast members while visiting the Magic Kingdom. The high school teachers, students, and chaperones returned home with a trophy and lots of wonderful memories. That's this Sunday's Good News on Own Your Truth with Laura T. Each week, I'm reminded there are so many good deeds that go unnoticed and totally cool things happening around the community. If you have news about a local individual, organization, or business making a difference in the community, let me know. Visit the Own Your Truth Facebook page and listen each Sunday to hear your news announced on the show. So... Remember, tonight we're talking about purposeful parenting. I'm going to give you a formula that works for families, share some stories on how to put this stuff into action, and then we're going to talk about two approaches my kids told me they appreciate. So let's get started. You know, when I look at my own kids who are 15 and 13, they're smart, fun, complex beings who are very, very different. 
I realized if it wasn't for my work as a coach, I would be guessing at how to parent them and probably guessing wrong because I would be basing my parenting on my interests and my values. Yes, I want to share all of those things with my kids, but I don't want them to be restricted by them. I want my values and experiences to open up a world so that they can begin to explore their own values and interests. I want to be asking myself every single day, what does it take to work with my kids, knowing, loving, and accepting that they're different from me while maintaining my sanity? I mean, that's really the big question, right? Like, how do we maintain our sanity while we create this balance in this loving environment? So this is when I came up with a concept I call purposeful parenting. I'm often, um, I often get asked joking by, by other parents, like, is there this magic formula? And people want a single secret, you know, like that magic bullet for parenting. And I laugh because, you know, there isn't one. Although intuitively we know, we know that we're still out there searching for the simple solution that's going to work in every situation. Well, the truth is there isn't a magic bullet. However, there is this simple equation that you can reference to help you create the type of experience you want as a parent. So again, it's not a magic bullet, but it's something you can reference to create your experience. And I call that equation purposeful parenting. So what does that mean? Are you ready? Because you may even want to grab a piece of paper for this and write it down. It's that kind of equation. So when I look at purposeful parenting, it starts off with standards plus communication plus consistency. And there it is, your equation for purposeful parenting. So after this brief commercial break, we're going to break down the equation and I'm going to share with you an example of how I use it successfully with my kids. So don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back and getting to the good stuff. Welcome back. This is Own Your Truth with Laura T. And tonight we're talking about purposeful parenting. Before the break, I introduced you to the simple equation that can make a world of difference in your home. And I'm going to review it right now. Remember, it's standards plus communication plus consistency equals purposeful parenting. Now, I admit it, it sounds simple because it is. The challenge is if you're like me before my work as a coach, you're so busy responding to how your kids behave and you're you aren't really taking that time to decide in advance what this equation means to you. I mean, we're not even thinking about it in terms of an equation. So let's break it down. Purposeful parenting starts off with you setting a standard. This is the standard you want for your experience, the standard for the way you want to live, the standard for your family life. This is not dependent on your kids, who they are, the type of personalities they have. This is about you as a parent. The next step is communicating that standard to your children. The idea behind communication here is you go beyond stating the standard. You also include what makes the standard important for you. Keep in mind that when you're communicating your standard, it's for understanding, not agreement. This is an important distinction I'm going to discuss in detail in a little bit. Then we get to consistency. You know, this is the hardest part about parenting. Well, if you're anything like me, it's the hardest part of parenting. It takes energy to be consistent and it's so worth it. I'll share a story, maybe two, depending on the time. 
to help you see the benefits of consistency and the importance it has for kids to know that there is that level of consistency. Okay, so let's get back to this idea of communication for understanding instead of agreement. How often are you talking to your kids about rules and you expect them to agree or maybe at a minimum not outwardly disagree with you? Probably a lot. After all, you know you're being logical, you know it's in their best interest, and if nothing else, they should agree because you're the parent. Well, my favorite questions to client to clients is, how is that working for you? Because if you're anything like me, it wasn't working. And I didn't know why until I did the research. So I'm gonna save you the time and effort and I'm gonna tell you what I learned. First, it's important to understand the logical side of a child's brain doesn't develop until their mid-20s. This is not something we're told as parents and yet it's vital to understanding how to communicate with them. So you can forget about it being logical. They're not gonna get it at that level. Equally important, some kids aren't naturally going to agree because it's not their personality. To ask them to change is asking them to adapt who they are. And given the study and the work that I do, knowing that adapting, although it may change short term, it's not a long lasting answer. It's a waste of time to try to get kids to adapt temporarily. I, also, I often go to my own example. I have a very strong-willed daughter, and I love that she stands up for herself. I love that she's bold and not afraid to take charge. Well, if she's going to be that way on the positive, then I have to expect and understand that that also means she's going to be bold and in charge, and sometimes that's in my face, right? So it's important to understand behaviorally, not everybody is going to simply accept the rules and say, okay. Finally, when it comes to tweens and teens, neurologically, their brains are meant to question and challenge you. It's a part of their development. I'm going to repeat it. Teenagers are neurologically supposed to question and challenge us. It's literally their brain's job. So bottom line, in most instances, kids aren't going to agree. They aren't going to like the rules and they need to understand they have to follow them anyway. And so as a parent, when I'm setting standards, I get to say, here's my standard. I wanna share this with you so you know where it comes from. I don't expect you to agree with it, and that's okay. That doesn't change the standard. The difference in this form of communication is I'm not looking for a yes, I agree with it. Instead, I'm expecting a yes, I know the standard exists. That's a two millimeter shift in approach that will take away a lot of the frustration in your communication with your kids. Again, you're communicating for understanding, which is yes, I know the standard exists, and not for agreement. Yes, I agree with your rules and standards. Okay, so I like to tell stories because I think stories are a great way to show how to put into action some of these ideas. So I have a very strong standard that I do not bring stuff to school for my kids. So if they forget their homework or their lunch or their phone, I do not bring it to school for them. The standard was created because I work out of my home office. And so it would be easy to think that sure, I can bring you anything you need. Well, after a couple of times, I realized this does not work for me. So I knew I had to set the standard that I do not bring stuff to school. 
In communicating that standard, I explained that my job as a parent is to teach you life lessons. And so it's really important that you know going to school prepares you for going to college, which prepares you for going to work. Once you leave the home, you won't have somebody to bring your stuff to you. So it's important you find a way to organize yourself and your stuff for school now so you don't forget anything. Or if you forget something, consider the consequences or even get resourceful and find another way. So the standard is clear. I don't bring anything to school. This standard is not up for discussion. They don't get to change my mind about it. This is how it's going to be. I've explained why. And I'm preparing them to go on their own. Then comes the tough part. It's being consistent. So my favorite story is when my son called and he forgot his trumpet. And on my voicemail, I get this message that this is not verbatim, but it, it felt like this. This is what it sounded like. Mom, so yeah, I uh, forgot my trumpet and like, I know you're not going to bring it, but maybe if I called, I mean, I know you're busy. Maybe you could. I mean, I know you won't, but I just thought I would call and okay, I love you. Forget it. I don't need it anyway. I mean, that's literally how he answered it. He finished the, the message. Forget it. I don't need it anyway. Buy any hang up. Okay. So guess what happened? Nothing horrible happened. I did not bring his trumpet to school. He had to make up his band lesson. That was the consequence of not having his trumpet. And he was fine. So I shared the story because even with that adorable, heartfelt message, I could not go back on my standard. So... Another story, my daughter was starting uh, cross-country track, and it was her freshman year, and she forgot her shorts and sneakers on the second day of practice. You know, she's kind of nervous. She's pulling everything together in the morning. Her bus comes so much earlier, so she calls in a panic. I've had the worst day. I got lost in school. I was late for class. Now I forgot my clothes, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I said to her, well, here's the deal. You already know I'm not going to bring your stuff to school, and I'm also not going to pick you up early. So you have to go to practice, and you get to decide what you're going to do when you get there. You can get resourceful and find a way to get sneakers and shorts, or you can sit and cheer the team on. I support whatever you decide. I'll be there to pick you up at 4.30. Let me know how it goes. Again, the outcome. She ran in her jeggings with her sneakers, borrowed from a friend, and she got her fastest time. So it worked out just fine. Kids get really resourceful. So trust that they can come up with a solution. You don't have to be there to run for them. Let's review. Purposeful parenting. Set the standard plus communicate it and give your reason why. And then be consistent. Decide in advance your standards and then work through the, in the equation in a way that works for you. If you know you have a challenge with consistency, then you want to limit your standards to only those things you're 100% committed to following through with. Purposeful parenting isn't easy, but it's always worth it. Now onto the fun part. All right. I told you at the start of the show, I asked my kids what part of my parenting do they appreciate. And I mentioned my daughter Taylor said she appreciated my approach to grades. And my son Mitchell said he appreciated my consequences. So let's talk about both. First, let's talk about grades. So my approach to grades is somewhat unique in that if you ask my kids what I think about grades, they will tell you I don't care about them 
which I always laugh because when they say this and it's out of context, it sounds really, really horrible, but it's true. So you see, although I don't care about grades, I do care about work ethic. Remember, I see my goal as a parent to prepare them for life. So if when I thought about it, like you don't get grades in life, you don't get grades at work. Um, So if you work hard on a project and it doesn't get funded or you put your heart and soul into a pitch and it gets rejected, like that's a part of life. And so there'll be times when your kid will study really, really hard and won't get the A. There'll be subjects where your kid puts in a lot of effort and struggles because it's not where they're naturally skilled. And all of that can be okay when you keep in mind this idea of work ethic. So the important part for me is to make sure my kids don't associate effort with an expected outcome. Instead, I teach them that applying themselves to their fullest creates a strong work ethic and doing that builds their personal integrity. So being resourceful, working smart, and not being wedded to an outcome will take them farther than focusing on grades. Plus, they then get to associate the process and appreciate the process more and accept the outcome regardless of the results. And here's the cool thing, my kids get excellent grades. The big difference is their attitude. My kids aren't stressed about school. And so I'm often asked, what happens when your kid gets a bad grade? Well, in our house, a conversation happens. And it's not about the grade, it's about the meaning the grade has. So let me share a story. And I share this with my daughter's permission. Um, While in eighth grade, my daughter had cheated on a Spanish quiz. So she had had an A in the class and she was taking the test. She didn't know the answer to three problems and she didn't want her grade to fall. So um, she cheated. Well, Taylor's teacher had uh, agreed to let her retake the quiz the following day. When Taylor had come home and explained the details of the incident to me, she kind of, you know, justified what happened the same way she did with her teacher. And at the time of our conversation, she thought that retaking the quiz was fair because she really did know the material and she just got nervous. And anyway, so while I listened to her tell me the story, I just sat back and I held my judgment and I got really curious. I asked her a series of, que- of questions. You know, I said, you know, are you allowed to use your phone during tests? Um, is there any incident in which you'd be allowed to use your phone during the tests? And while we were talking, you could tell that she knew that she had cheated. So I said, Taylor, Based on your answers, I know you cheated, and you know you cheated. And so what I'm going to do is say that this is your reputation, and you get to decide what you want to do with the teacher. Remember, integrity is what you do when no one is looking. So right now, you can decide if getting a good grade is more important than your integrity with yourself. And then I let her go. I said, let me know what you do tomorrow. Well, the next day, Taylor had told the teacher she cheated and admitted that she was too scared to tell her. And she continued by saying that she would take a zero because that's what she deserved. The first question the teacher asked was, do your parents know? And then the second one was, do they support the decision? 
Obviously, my daughter's answers to both were yes. The following day, I received an email from the teacher, and I'm going to read an excerpt of it because I still have it now three years later. The teacher said, let me first say I was blown away by and extremely pressed with, impressed with her, Taylor's decision to take full responsibility for her actions by accepting a failing grade. In all of my 17 years of teaching, I never encountered a student who was completely accountable for her actions, and I told her that and also praised her for her decision. So the letter went on, but for me, I was like stopped, dead stopped. In all of my 17 years of teaching, I never encountered a student who's taken complete accountability. Like the truth is when the message to our kids is grades are most important, it's often at the expense of something else. As we're seeing in recent news, sadly, sometimes it does come at the expense of integrity or equally important, it comes at the expense of our kids' mental health. There's more stress, increased anxiety, and a rise in youth suicide right now. So my message about grades is not one of judgment, whether grades are important or not. You know what's best for your family. My goal is to bring awareness to the meaning you may unconsciously be giving grades and to self-check if the message you're sending is really the result you want. For me, grades don't matter. Work ethic does. And so that's my focus. And this is a parenting approach my daughter says works for her. So I share it with you. Okay, so next we're going to talk about consequences. Ironically, when I asked my son Mitchell the question about parenting, he said he appreciated that uh, I gave out consequences, which was really ironic because a few hours earlier, I'd actually taken away his phone for a week as a consequence for downloading an app without my permission. And I say I took away his phone, but you'll see how consequences work in our family. Um, so I was very surprised and fascinated that this was his decision, uh, his choice of, uh, con of uh, parenting approach. And he said that he didn't think enough people enforce consequences, which I thought was really fascinating from a 13 year old. So when we're talking about consequences in my family, we, I don't decide the kids' consequences, they do. So when either of the kids violates a standard, I ask them, what is the consequence you believe is appropriate for this situation? A lot of parents, I was actually at a training this week and I was sharing this story and one of the other parents like gasped. He was like, what, what? So a lot of parents think it's crazy and they assume kids would set easy consequences. And to be honest, sometimes they do. And we talk about it. But more often, and on it, this is the craziest part, and I know I probably shouldn't be saying this on the radio because my kids listen to the show, but often their consequences are much harsher than mine ever would be. So for the wrongfully downloaded app, my son's consequence for himself was in addition to losing his phone, he would do the dishes, pans, and counters, and take out the dog every night for a week. Ah, I would never have gone that harsh. So there are some instances where they go light on themselves. And then I ask, do you really think that's a fitting consequence for the situation? And then we look at how to adjust it. Um, when we come to a situation where they don't come up with a consequence or sometimes they'll say, I don't know, I'll give them a couple of consequences they can choose from. It's really important that in the end, they play a role in their own consequence because then I don't have to listen to them complain about the situation. After all, 
they set the consequence for themselves. So consequences are a natural part of life. When I'm talking to my kids, we're talking about positive and negative consequences of their decisions. You know, I, I, when I look at this idea of consequences, life is made up of a series of small decisions and we tend to overlook those little things and focus on the big ones. Well, so for example, it's easy for the kids to overlook the three times I told them to get off their phones and they ignored me. However, they notice when I take their phones away. So my kids know that they don't get punished because I said so or because I'm the boss. There's a natural progression of all punishments. And this is something that I review with them so that they can see this is what happened to get us to this point. And then they make the decision about what their consequence is. So this is what my son said was his favorite approach to my parenting. And I leave it to you to decide if it's something that fits for you. I take my parenting very seriously and my goal is to be conscious about my behavior and my decisions. And that doesn't mean I do it right. The best part is when I mess up and I get it wrong, I admit I made a mistake because I'm human. Oh, by the way, we all are. And so we talk about that. There's a lot of talking that goes on in our house. The big difference between our conversations and most is that we end with an outcome, a lesson learned or a next step. We don't talk to vent to just get it out. We look at Ending with a question, what will make it different next time? What will make it, what will it take for a different outcome? And what was the lesson learned? So enough advice here. Let's get to some parenting questions. And remember, you can call 203-333-WICC. That's 203-333-9422. Right after we highlight this week's Own Your Truth Musical Artist of the Week. This week, we are going to listen to Goose, a really cool indie groove band based out of Norwalk, Connecticut. Rick is the guitarist, singer-songwriter whose folky, folky, hummable melodies are supported by Peter on guitar and keys, along with a deep pocket rhythm section of Trevor on bass and Ben on drums. The band's music is an organic and easy-to-love mix of funk and contemporary folk with touches of reggae, jazz, blues, and rock. Let's take a listen to the cool sounds of Goose, the band performing an original song from their album Moon Cabin. This is Arcadia. Stumble every time you do it Ain't never gonna get used to it Hanging on a garden rose Sun taking away the pile of pros Oh Lord, I didn't see it coming Arcadia's got me running Just trying not to lose my breath Cause hell, I'm gonna take that step And all my praise gone I'm just fine
Welcome back to Own Your Truth with Laura T. This is Laura T. How awesome was Goose? They have a second album on their way and tour dates continuing to ramp up. So in their own words, the goose is getting loose. I will be posting a complete list of their tour dates on the Own Your Truth with Laura T. Facebook page. Know that they will be on stage live in Bridgeport on Saturday, April 20th at the Acoustic. So take a look at them online or live and check out the Own Your Truth with Laura T. Facebook page for all of their tour dates. I am thrilled the musical recommendations keep coming in. So remember, if you or someone you know would like to hear your original music live on the show, I'll be featuring an artist of the week. Send me a message on the Own Your Truth Facebook page. All original music is considered. Now, let's get to your questions. This is my favorite part of the hour. Remember, if you have questions about parenting that you'd like answered, call 203-333-WICC. That's 203-333-9422. While we wait for your live calls, I will be answering questions that came in from the Own Your Truth followers on Facebook. Thank you so much. Okay, so first... 
We have Carrie from Bridgeport. It's easy to set the rules, but I have a hard time following through with my kids. I'm tired, and it's sometimes easier to do it myself or get them what they want. What should I do? Wow, Carrie, this is all of us, right, at some point or another. And so I completely understand how you're feeling. It's really important, and it goes back to what I said a couple of minutes ago, that you decide the standards that you do not deviate from. And again, if the follow-through is hard, it's making sure that there aren't a lot of them, but it's the stuff that's really important to your experience as a parent. Um, You know, one of the things I talk about is the difference between rules and standards. Rules, I say rules are meant to be broken. Standards are what you live by. And so if you take that two millimeter difference and look at, okay, well, what are the overall big important standards that I don't want to adjust? Stick to those. And those are the ones that even when you're at your most tired, you have a plan to follow through with. And you're deciding that in advance. You're not waiting until it comes up. You're, remember, it's you're setting the standards, you're communicating it, um, and then you're staying consistent. And that consistency sometimes means you're coming up with consequences with your kids in advance of a situation you know if it comes up often. So be kind to yourself. We're all tired. And yes, sometimes it's easier to just do it yourself. And that's okay too. Just make sure that when you're looking at the standards, that those are the things that you hold true to, stay consistent with, and don't deviate from. Wish you best of luck. The next question comes from Marie from Massachusetts. When you're a grandparent assuming the role of a parent for whatever the circumstance, how do you maintain a balance of discipline while still being a fun nana and papa? Oh, that's such a sweet question. You know, I think this is um, happening more and more for grandparents who are assuming the role of parent, whether it be temporarily during the day while both parents work or whether it be something that's a little bit long-term. And, you know, I think the challenge is there's sort of two separate answers for this. Number one, you know, as a grandparent, it's really important to be the grandparent and to be really fun. And maybe that means if you were serving as parent for a period of time, you actually put on a parent hat that you're explaining to the children. And if the children are really little, maybe you make it a real hat and you put it on. You're like, okay, well, now, right now, I'm, you know, serving as your stand-in mom and dad. And that means that we have to stick to mom and dad's rules. And then you take off that hat or you switch that hat and then you get to be the fun Nana and Papa. I think it's so important that kids get to experience grandparents as they're meant to be, which is fun and, and some sometimes doting and sometimes spoiling and then you get to send them home to their parents so um, you don't want to miss out of that opportunity as a grandparent and you don't want your kids your grandchildren to miss out on it either the other part of this I said it was sort of a twofold answer is that you know even as parents we you want to be able to be fun and also be the disciplinarian and um, 
in that role as parent, I don't suggest you t- necessarily take off a hat. I think you'd be switching hats all day long, but that you remember to have fun with your kids. And this is a conscious decision. I know that uh, the other day I played Nerf. We had like a massive Nerf battle in our basement and it was so much fun. Um, earlier in the in the fall, uh, I had said, oh, kids, you know, it's warm out, go outside. And they're like, are you coming out with us? And I was like, oh. Okay, yeah. And we went out and played basketball and shot a bow and arrow and just have fun. So whether you're the parent or the grandparent, don't forget to have fun with your kids and your grandkids. It's important that they see you that way as well. All right, you're listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. And we're answering your questions about purposeful parenting. There's still time to call in. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. Remember when we come back, the number is 203-333-WICC. That's 203-333-9422. You're back and listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. Your questions are on purposeful parenting. They're awesome. So we're going to keep going. Don't forget, there's still time to call in 203-333-WICC. That's 203-333-9422. The next question comes from Mike uh, out of Weston. He says, I'm the disciplinarian and my wife asked me to be, to serve in that role. But then when I'm tough on the kids, she feels bad and doesn't back me up. What should I do? Uh, Mike, that's a tough question and something that happens often. Um, it's really important that as husband and wife that you get on the same page. And that is a conversation that needs to happen away from the children and out of the um circumstances. You don't want to be trying to figure this out in a moment when the kids need discipline. Um, It's important to find that common ground. And that's why this idea of this equation with your, your standards and communication and consistency, talking about that as a couple and what standards you want to set for your family doing that together will help alleviate some of the discontent that happens when one parent is asked to serve as the disciplinarian and then the other parent doesn't appreciate the way that they do that. So the the number one suggestion I would say is, you know, be sure that you are having the conversation in advance. The other piece, and I, I have to say, is as humans, it's easy to ask someone for their help and then, you know, not like the way that they do it. If you ask for help, you have to accept it in the way that it is given. And so um, if if you don't like the way that it's given, the conversation has to be from your wife to stand in her truth and say, you know what, this isn't working out and we've got to think of another way of disciplining the kids. And and that's okay as well. It's just really important that you're having those open and honest conversations. And again, they're happening away from the situation and away from the, the kids. Mike, I hope that helps you out. So our final question for tonight comes from Lori out of Milford. And she says, I have an extremely smart kid who always has something to say. So what do you do when you have a child who talks back and always has to have the last word? Ah, interesting. So I can relate. And 
you know, again, it's appreciating the gift of children who are externally expressive and not afraid to share their thoughts and opinions within limits and boundaries. And as parents, it's really important that we're setting those limits and boundaries. And again, it's sort of a repeat of the same thing over and over, and yet we have to have it repeated so we remember the conversations have to happen before the situations or circumstances. And so with a kid who is really smart and who always has something to say is coming up with a system for success. That's my term um, for letting them express themselves in a way that's not disrespectful. And it's in a, a, an important distinction to make. And so I'm having the conversation with the child. Okay. So knowing you need to express yourself, what is something that we can agree upon in advance that lets you feel heard, but isn't disrespectful to me? And so you're having this conversation and deciding together um, what what will happen and, and talking about the consequences. What will happen if the expression is disrespectful and there has to be a negative consequence and then what happens if you can come together with this system for success and he or she gets to express themselves and uh, feel heard while maintaining the need for standards and discipline you have. So Lori, I hope that helps answer your question. I'm really happy to spend this hour with you and talking about one of my passions, which is purposeful parenting. Um, and I hope that it's given you a different look at parenting. Remember, we're all doing the best we can with the information we have, so be kind to yourself. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. Visit the Own Your Truth with Laura T. Facebook page and tell me what you think. Thank you again for joining me tonight. Listen, next Sunday, we're talking about money. It seems around tax time, I'm coaching a lot of people who either feel they didn't make enough or they feel like they they've had to pay too much in taxes. And so the bottom line is there's a m mindset to money and you can't afford to overlook it. So don't miss next week's show. Tune in Sunday, April 15th from 8 to 9 p.m. This is Laura T on Own Your Truth. I'll hear you then and good night.